Ladies and gentlemen, start your stopwatches because you're listening to the dispatches on the clock and that means we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or less talking about why we should actually be pleased to hear our politicians offering thoughts and prayers to the victims of suffering in moments of great tragedy. So last week here in New Zealand, we had a tragic fire at a place called the Loafers Lodge in Wellington. It's a hostel slash boarding house. And uh, that fire, which was actually an act of arson, has killed uh, at least five or six people. We don't know the exact number of deaths uh, as of the time of recording this podcast. But it was a very tragic event and quite a shocking event because at the time, as these events were unfolding and in the hours and the sort of 24 hours, 48 hours or so afterwards, it wasn't exactly clear how many people had lost their lives. And it actually looked initially like a lot more people would uh, be named as the victims of this fire. So as you can imagine, a very serious moment of public tragedy. Christopher Luxon, the leader of the opposition party, appeared in the media when addressing this particular incident and said that his thoughts and prayers went out to the victims and to their families. Now, he was immediately set upon by a rabid mob who just tore strips off him for saying this. Ironically, the Deputy Prime Minister, Carmel Cipollone, had also tweeted that exact same sentiment herself earlier that morning, but they didn't attack her. So this whole thing definitely reeked of tribalism. But what this is, this was a reminder of this cynical, toxic trend that we have in our society now to ridicule and condemn anybody who talks about offering their thoughts and prayers to the victims of tragedy in moments of great suffering and crisis like this. I think the people who criticise in this way, they are flat out wrong, and they have not actually stopped, I think, to consider the implications of what they're saying and what their position actually represents and why it is so deficient. To contemplate the suffering and hardships of others and to offer a prayer for the suffering and hardships of others is actually the least that we can do for people when they are in these sorts of situations. It is actually a good and natural instinct. And so when people attack a good and natural instinct in the human person, we should always be very, very wary about their motivations. To pray for those who suffer is actually the first step towards other actions. Now, I know it is this sort of ill-considered atheist contempt for religious belief leads people to say really stupid things like prayers don't work, praying doesn't work, it doesn't fix anything, but they're flat out wrong. You see, to pray for those who suffer is actually the first step in an important chain of events that should follow on after that. But if I don't actually take that first and very important step of contemplating and praying for people who are suffering and who are in crisis, that I'm actually probably showing indifference to those people who are the victims of this, and I am almost certainly less likely to take concrete actions beyond prayers and contemplation of their situation. 
Now, you might be tempted to think, but Brendan, aren't you actually indifferent if you just fob people off by saying, my thoughts and prayers are with you? If that's insincere, then yes, you are actually also being indifferent in that situation too. But there's actually more than one way you can be indifferent. So one way would be to say my thoughts and prayers are with you and to be completely insincere about that and to have no real contemplation of the suffering and to not actually really pray for those people. It's just a slogan right at that point and that is indifference. But you can also be indifference by not contemplating and praying for the suffering of people who suffer. That's also an act of indifference. And here's another really important point. Actions can also be insincere and indifferent. Because the thing about insincerity and indifference is that it's actually about motivation and intention. It's about your interior life. And what that means is that you can actually be motivated to take certain actions, but be completely indifferent to the people that you are taking those actions on behalf of. Like you can be taking what are actually good actions for your own selfish benefits. This whole condemnation of people offering thoughts and prayers is a failure to understand that really, really important point, I think. Secondly, I think it also assumes that really there's only one course of action is acceptable and or possible. Usually what happens is when people say or critique politicians in particular for offering their thoughts and prayers to the victims of crisis and tragedy, is what they really have in mind is they want a politician to support or to enact a particular policy. And in their mind, if they don't support or enact a particular type of policy, then somehow they aren't really sincere because they're not doing the one thing that you want them to do. But here's the thing. That's a massive assumption on our part that A, there's only one course of action possible. Often in situations like this, even situations that can be quite repetitive in nature, like for example in America, the problem of gun violence, these situations are actually complex. So I'm not really interested in people from either side of that particular debate who want to apply simplistic one-size-fits-all and usually very sloganistic type responses to the problem of gun violence in America. It is a complex situation. I would suggest to you that what it actually requires is a slow, patient, really well thought out and long-term series of reforms in different aspects of American society, culture and law. And I would suggest to you that often the progressive side in particular can be quite reactionary in nature and they just assume that only one course of action is possible. They assume that it's a very simplistic situation and that's often why I think people will critique and attack politicians in very toxic ways for offering thoughts and prayers to the victims of a crisis or a moment of suffering, like in this case, for example, gun violence. And here's another important point. When you think about the Loafers Lodge fire in particular, what exactly did people expect Christopher Luxon to do? So those people who are criticising him, attacking him, ridiculing him for offering his thoughts and prayers to the victims of this tragedy in the immediate hours after this tragedy has happened, and it is still unfolding at this stage, you still have fire engines and firefighters at the scene of the crime. What exactly do people expect him to do? Do they expect him to, I don't know, rush out there and 
start fighting the fire himself, despite the fact that he's not trained or qualified to do that? Do they expect him to immediately begin a process of investigation about what the causes of this was, even though he's not qualified or uh, in a position where he can actually do such a thing? He's not the Prime Minister, remember. This is the guy who is the leader of the opposition party. What exactly did they expect him to do in that situation? It's quite a bizarre thing, I think, to critique Christopher Luxon in this case, because it implies basically that he wasn't doing something that he should be doing, but they never really explained what exactly they thought he should be doing in response to this. And here's the important point number four. Yes, you can definitely have leadership that is all contemplation and no actions. And in that case, I don't think you've actually got authentic leadership. I think really what you've got there is probably some form of daydreaming, someone who's capable of telling you all the good things that they would like to see achieved and sort of enunciating a vision for a beautiful society. But if they don't actually do anything proactive, or probably even worse, if they take proactive action and it's the wrong course of action and make things worse, then their leadership has actually failed the people that they're supposed to be governing. So you can definitely have that type of leadership failure where it's all contemplation and no concrete, tangible action. But here's the thing. You can also have a type of leadership that is all action and no contemplation, and that is also, I would suggest, a failure of authentic leadership. Because a leader who doesn't properly consider and contemplate their actions and the way in which their policies will actually outwork themselves in the world is a leader who is likely to do rash and reactionary things that are not good. They are more likely to enact bad policies that are poorly considered and therefore have lots of harmful or deleterious outcomes, things that we don't really want happening. This is the thing, rushing in and saying, I'll fix this problem is actually not the best solution in a situation like this. The point is this though, if I don't first have thoughts and prayers for those who are the victims of a tragedy like this, then I'm less likely to probably take positive action after that point. If I'm not even considering your suffering, why would I then go on to take action to respond to your suffering? If I'm not even taking the first and most straightforward of actions that I can take, which is to pray for you in your suffering, why am I going to be likely to then go on and actually take other practical actions to remedy your suffering? The truth is I'm more likely to take action if I'm contemplating your suffering and I am focused in my prayer for your suffering, because this redirects me to the good of the suffering person. Prayer actually changes my will and my direction and my orientation, and that's one of the reasons why it's so fundamentally important. You see, if I don't stop to seriously contemplate a crisis, I am probably not likely to come up with a sound solution to that crisis, if all I do is just rush into it. Or... I don't even stop to contemplate it at all. This is what indifference actually looks like. Contemplation and prayer brings about much good in the world, not least of which is a carefully considered response in moments of crisis like this. How many wars and other military evils could have been averted if we had more leaders who were willing to actually contemplate and pray and take their time as a result and be more considered before rushing into a situation. And that's to say nothing 
of various economic crises and other things that can befall societies as a result of leadership that is reactionary and that is not stopping to actually contemplate and consider carefully their actions. The other thing that is really fundamental about prayer is it reorientates our gaze towards those who suffer in situations like this. It takes my gaze away from me and myself and it averts my gaze to the divine. It averts my gaze to God and to my neighbour. So now, not only am I reorientated towards and contemplating the suffering of those around me, I am also contemplating the moral dimension of this by bringing God into the equation. And that matters. The morality of my subsequent actions or my lack of action and the immorality in that is now also part of the contemplation of this tragedy and suffering. And that really, really matters. My actions are not simply considered from a practical perspective, but also from a moral perspective. And this is really, really important because our contemplation, our thoughts and our prayers for those who suffer and who are the victims of tragedy and crisis, that is the first step in overcoming indifference. Here's a quote from Edmund Burke, which I think is worthy of our consideration. Man is by his constitution a religious animal. Atheism is against not only our reason, but our instincts. And that's why I think we should actually be quite happy, even if you're not a religious believer, I think you should be quite happy to see and hear a politician, a political leader, our public figures expressing their contemplation and their prayers, particularly in moments of great crisis like this. Because what that means is that the instincts of that leader are actually sound. Their first instinct in a moment of great tragedy and suffering is to actually orientate their gaze and their thoughts towards the suffering person and to seek the intercession of God in that moment. And that is actually a really good instinct. Because when a political leader seeks the intercession of God, they are making a very powerful public declaration that they recognize that they and their political power is not the highest authority in the land. And there might be a need to stop to contemplate and to look beyond ourselves to actually meaningfully engage with and bring peace and justice into situations of great tragedy and suffering. Now, they might fail to carry on and act on that instinct because they are being insincere, but that's a secondary and a separate flaw, and by all means we should call that out. But their insincerity is a separate issue. And just because a handful of politicians may well be insincere when they offer their thoughts and their prayers to the victims of tragedy and suffering, that doesn't mean that every person who considers and contemplates the suffering of others and offers to pray for them is lacking in sincerity and goodness in what they do. Their instincts when they do that are good and right. And I think those who rail against this some people, I think it's just pure tribalism, because if their tribal leaders did it, they'd be okay with it. But people from the other tribe doing it, it's just a reason to try and attack and ridicule them. But I think there's also another toxic instinct in, in their reaction that drives them here. The simple truth is that I think this toxic reaction actually represents an underlying hostility towards Christianity. 
And it's actually the thought of someone praying that they find distasteful. And that's not a good thing. And it's certainly not the right instinct for an authentic humanity because we are by nature a religious animal. We have an instinct here which is good and we should fall back on that instinct in moments of great suffering and tragedy when the very rug is pulled out from underneath us. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth and beauty, not by lies. And I will see you next time on The Dispatches. On the Clock is brought to you by Left Foot Media. Support our important independent media work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia with just $5 or more per month and you'll receive exclusive access to our full-length patrons-only episode of The Dispatches podcast every single week. That's patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link is in the show notes. Oh,